Welcome to The Haber Show. This week's guest is Sean Marshall, a pro basketball player who is playing in the TBT bubble this week. He's also the GM and captain of Team Challenge ALS. So he has spent four days in quarantine in his hotel room as part of the protocols in the TBT tournament. Um, He's gonna walk us through what life is like in the bubble in Columbus, Ohio, and the extreme lengths that he has taken with his team to make sure that they survive in this tournament. Literally, they are not practicing as a team before they play on ESPN. Think about that. They've decided not to practice so that they do not uh, spread coronavirus potentially amongst the team. So we'll also talk about how he became an ALS advocate, uh, his days playing with Jared Dudley at Boston College, and the advice he'd give to all the people uh, who are trying to go back to work or try to reopen the economy, or at the very least, um, NBA players going to the bubble in Orlando. And that includes Jared Dudley, um, a guy that he says is the smartest guy he's ever played with. Uh, And he has a lot of advice for the haters too on Jared Dudley. So uh, really interesting conversation from someone who is living in a bubble for basketball purposes. Um, away from his family. Without further ado, here is Sean Marshall of Team Challenge ALS. Sean Marshall, the pride of Boston College, now part of the basketball tournament, playing for Team Challenge ALS. You are several days in quarantine in Columbus, Ohio at a hotel. How are you doing, my man? First off, thanks for having me on. Um, And other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's definitely a different kind of lifestyle here in the bubble um, from what we call it. But keeping to myself, um, getting some downtime, uh, a little time away from uh, the normal day life, and uh, just trying to prepare the best I can for this basketball tournament. So how did Challenge ALS come about? How did you become a part of the tournament, and how did it morph into this, this great initiative that you're doing? Um, I played in the tournament my first year for a team called Skinner's Freight Train, which um, one of our walk-ons, Tyler Neville, put together this team of uh, guys that play for Al Skinner at Boston College. And um, we were trying to come up with a name uh, for, for, for that team. And they wanted to honor Skinner, and which everybody was on board for. But I also wanted to honor Pete. So that's why we threw the freight train on the back. And Pete Frades was your roommate in, in college? Yeah, Pete Freddy was my, was my roommate in college my senior year. I had been friends with him uh, since freshman year. I was roommates my freshman year with a random roommate named Bar- Brian Martell, who was uh, from the Boston area, who was close friends with Pete. So Pete was always in my room my freshman year. So we built that relationship. And then uh, junior year, I remember him asking, uh, him asking me to room with him and some of the baseball guys, a couple of golf guys. And he didn't think I was going to say, yeah, but I, I was like, I'm on board. And he loved it. And we were together and we became closer and been friends ever since. So I wanted to figure out a way to honor him. And uh, so I contacted his parents and I asked them if it was okay. They said, yeah. Um, they helped us come up with the name Team Challenge ALS. And from there, um, we wore Pete's name on the back of our jerseys. And uh, it, that was the start for us. So you, um, you were like, the cap- you were the captain of the BC team that was, I think, ranked as high as, what, three in the country? Like, how, how good was that team? Um, 
we got up to number three in the country. We were 20 and 0. Uh, yeah, we were pretty good, man. I mean, <laughs> Jared Dudley, uh, Sean Williams, good. I mean, Tyrese Rice, who's on Team Challenge now. Um, so I can understand why Pete Frades would be scared to ask you to be a roommate. You were big time. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. But uh, we won a lot of basketball games. Uh, I think I, well, I know I, I take pride in this, in this, uh, in this record that I have at BC, and I, I have the most wins in school history. So that just goes to show how Ooh. how much winning we did while I was there. So Pete Frades gets diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, seven years ago. He tragically passed away in December after an amazing battle where he uh, raised money for ALS research through the Ice Bucket Challenge. He was one of the inspirations for that challenge that so many people around the world did. Uh, went viral. He and Pat Quinn were the faces of that challenge. But how did he break the news to you that he had this, this disease and what did you know about it? Um, I was overseas. I can't remember what country I was in at the time. Um, but he, uh, he emailed me and he let me know. And honestly, I had no idea what it was. Um, cause he didn't, he really didn't go into what it was. He just, you know, he was real positive about it. You know, mm. he, he didn't, he didn't let, he didn't let me know that it was a deadly disease. And, uh, I just remember him telling me that he was going to be okay and that he was going to, he was going to, he was going to fight this and get through it. And when I went and did my own research, that's when I realized what this disease really was and um, the kind of fight that he really was going to have. Yeah. My mother has ALS and I didn't really know what it was. <laughs> I mean, Sean, I, I did the ice bucket challenge back. I think it was 2014, uh, maybe 2016. And um, I, I didn't know what it, it was in the particulars of it. I knew it was a horrible disease, but I didn't quite know what it did to you. Um, and so Pete Frades became an iconic figure in the ALS community. He was your college roommate, but for us, he's, he's a hero. Um, and my mother, since being diagnosed in 2017, our family has gotten to know the, the Frades family pretty well. And I, I couldn't believe that there is of all the diseases or, or of all the initiatives in the basketball, in the tournament, ALS is right there. Seeing ALS in the bracket is such a big deal for those fighting this disease. So thank you for doing that. And I, you know, it, it's one of those things that if it doesn't hit someone, you know, or someone you're close with or a friend or someone in your circle, you might not know the ramifications of this disease, but it is a hundred percent fatal. It is, not it is not incurable it's just un, underfunded um there's no effective treatments no cure no cures at this moment but we hope to one day change that and the Frades family team challenge als is going to be a big part of that um along with with pete Frades. so thank you for, first and foremost thank you for doing that and your game tomorrow um it's slated to play your first game in the tournament you've been there for four days um have you have you is it fl flown by or is it really slow the, these four days in quarantine? Uh, it's definitely slow. Um, <laughs> and for me, it's been nerve You know, uh, I don't think people truly understand like what it's been like in the bubble in terms of like taking these tests every day and literally waiting for the results the next day to see if you're going to have, if you're going to have a positive COVID-19 test result. 
So I literally take the test and then we get we usually get the results early in the morning and I set my alarm for around eight eight o'clock in the morning and I just refresh my email every fifteen seconds, waiting for the results to come, hoping that none of my guys on my team have a positive uh result and it, it, it's been going by super super slow so I mean, how how is the uh, we're not in con- sorry but how is like what is Go the ahead. protocol for you guys like before you get into the bubble um how many tests was it for those who are watching from home so much has gone into these games happening yeah it's truly unbelievable that we're, we're able to play basketball with what tbt has put together checking in was like a 45 minute check-in uh, I will always appreciate a normal check-in into a hotel from here on out. Um, <laughs> and then taking the test every single day and having food dropped off at your door. You're not in contact with anyone. When you're going downstairs to the lobby, you have to wear your mask. You can't stop and speak with anyone. So it, it's really a different world inside the bubble. But it's all, uh, all the moves are put in place to protect us. Uh, so you were tested before you got to Columbus. How did that work? Yeah, we did two at-home tests um, where we uh, we had the coronavirus test mailed to our house. We had to log on to a Zoom call with a with a person, uh, I think a doctor that put us through how to do the test. It was like a saliva test that we had to spit to a tube. Uh, they watched us do it. We filled it to a certain line, closed it up with a preservative, and then put it into this protective bag that we had then had to mail. And then we got our results uh, through our email. So you had to do this at home on a Zoom call. How nerve wracking was that? That you did it right? That you that you got the right swab? Like all that stuff. You're you're the doctor performing it on yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they do a good job of walking you through step by step everything that you have to do. Um, it's really detailed. So I mean, the process was pretty easy, especially now that I've taken it what uh, six times. So um, now I can I could actually put somebody through it on a Zoom call if I wanted to, but. It, these last two weeks have been just crazy in terms of just praying and hoping that you don't have coronavirus and checking your email to see the results. It's just been crazy. So you're the GM and the captain of the team. How have you tried to like lead your team through all this? Because, you know, for NBA teams, they might have like dozens of staffers who are able to keep everyone in line. But for you in the, in the tournament, you're 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 having to do all of those jobs pretty much by yourself is trying to get everybody to follow protocol and i think the big difference between tournaments pro- protocols and the nbas is that if you practice and there is a positive on your team you're done you're eliminated so like for for you Sean how have you like is that the biggest deterrent is just like the idea of like if anyone slips up after practicing together as a team it's over um, how, how have you been able to manage all those, uh, the, the different risks involved with, with your teammates? Um, it's, it's been really difficult, but, um, you know, usually we have a, a st- actually a staff of coaches that coach in this tournament with us, assistant coaches. We have, we have four of them and, you know, they do a great job. So it takes a lot of the pressure off of me, but now that we, we had a limited number of people we could bring into the bubble, I, I basically had to do everything, um. So I'm getting some help from uh, some of the other players like Tyrese Rice and Marquez Haynes that helped me out a lot. And, um, you know, we haven't practiced at all. Uh, I just made a decision early that once I – You haven't practiced at all? Qualifying yet. We haven't practiced at all. We, we have done uh, individuals. Uh, guys have gone into the gym 
and done individuals on their own. Guys have actually done sprints in the hallways of their the, the floor that they're on on their own. So we're, we're trying to have different creative ways to, you know, get a workout in. So that that's where we're at right now. But I can tell you one thing, and if one guy tests positive, we will still be out there on TV uh, playing for the cause that we play for and representing those people. And that's the most important thing for me. Incredible. So how many teams are doing that that you've heard of, like not practicing at all? Because under the protocols, as soon as you have a team practice, you are now placed into a different category. If there's a positive um, test, then the whole team gets eliminated. Whereas I guess if you're in doing individual workouts and you actually don't see your teammates in person and work out with them the, as, as a team, you're actually in a different category. How many other teams are doing this? From what I know, we're the only one. Um, other teams are just rolling the dice. And um, I think that if you're you know, a team just playing for the money and and that's your main goal, then it's not that big of a deal if you're disqualified. You're, you're willing to take those chances. But for us, it's something different. You know, I talk to these families and uh, with these people that are on the back of our jerseys, and I, I feel like it's my responsibility as a GM to not let them down. They're looking forward to seeing this team, this Challenge ALS across our jerseys and names on the back um, on Tuesday, and it's my responsibility to make that happen. So what is the workout look like for you when you get out to the gym? Like, what is, is it? A con, it, like, I, I think it's a convention center. So did they bring in courts from elsewhere? How many courts are there? What is it like? Yeah, there's a uh, four courts, four courts total, total um, full courts. Uh, they have, you know, bicycles on the sideline. They have squat racks. They have medicine balls. They have everything that you would need to get a workout in is, is in every section of like where they have a basketball court. So you can, I mean, we don't have somebody's rebounders for, for us. That's the hardest thing. So you basically go in there and I tell the guys, and I think they've done a good job at it. Just keep running nonstop, get a, get a great sweat, um, get as many shots up as you can, get a feel, a rhythm is the best that you can. And then, then we get out of there. Wait, you, the you don't have a rebounder, in, dude. We don't have a rebounder because <laughs> if we had, <laughs> if we had a rebounder, then that person that was rebounding for us and we had coronavirus would also have to be kicked out. So, we don't have that either. Wow. So that brings you back to like way as a kid, you're just shooting on a, on a hoop by yourself. That's nuts. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. And that's, I think that's the reason why nobody has decided to do it, but um, call me crazy, but we're going to make it to the tournament. Yeah. So uh, that's amazing. So what you're doing is you're ensuring your strategy is to ensure that you don't get eliminated by this virus, which is, um, which is something that other teams haven't taken that risk, you know, or, or decided that risk, you know, they just want to get together and, and practice and maybe that gives them the leg up. But um, what have you been doing before the tournament to keep yourself in shape? And, and what was it like in communicating with your teammates that you haven't even practiced with since getting into Columbus on Thursday, this is Monday that we're talking here. How have you did plays? Do you have like, have you done X's and O's over Zoom? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so, I mean, before everybody got here, everybody was working out every day on their own with their trainers or they were going to open gyms and, uh, you know, doing the things that they, they guys normally do back home. Um, so, most, all of our guys are in shape. Um, the one thing that we do do is uh, we do uh, daily Zoom practices. So, basically, we sit on Zoom and, over every how we're going to play things we've i've 
have, have a clipboard in my room. I sent plays to the guys that I recorded on my phone and, and sent each individual play to everybody so that they know exactly what we're doing. So it's simple stuff, you know. So this is a tournament um, that we got to have some plays to be organized, but we're not going to go out there and have a full playbook. But, I mean, there's not much we can do. There's not much we can do uh, tomorrow when we get our negative test results from everybody. Hopefully we'll have a shoot-around and we'll use that shoot-around uh, time for sure. But other than that, that's all we have. I've seen it be described in the NBA circles as like an AAU tournament, the craziest AAU tournament. Is that, is that what it feels like is back to the AAU days of just playing in empty, empty gyms and just trying to get in as much work as you can? Um, yeah, yeah, it has a feel, it has a feel too, for sure, uh, of, of AAU days and staying in hotels and spending most of your time in your room, eating out a lot, and, uh, playing in the gym without, without fans. Um, but definitely the, the COVID part of it is, it definitely doesn't make it feel like it's AAU. Um, that's, it, it, it really does suck what's going on in the world. And, um, uh, we're, even though we're blessed, uh, play this game and here in this tournament um COVID is very real and it just sucks so five teams have been eliminated from the tournament um and it's it's their decision to go with you know practicing before as a team before the the tests go around you haven't done that yet it does it does seem like the the team that's going to win this tournament is going to be the one that takes this these protocols the most serious yeah, um, I think that the, the team that, that can have their the majority of their players at the end of the tournament is going to be the team that uh, is standing at the end, to be honest. Because you look at a team like Brotherly Love, uh, who was supposed to play Urban Line Drive today, they got an automatic bye right into the semifinals. So instead of winning four games, now they have to, they have to win three games. So, I mean, stuff like that, it's just, it's crazy. So we just have to do the best that we possibly can and be cautious. And after that, control with control. So Everline Drive, they, they, they're they a team that have been a powerhouse for for years. Um, they had a player test positive, and they were eliminated like yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday. Man. Yesterday, they, uh, they got here. They practiced, I want to say, for two days. Uh, that person tested negative, negative, and then uh, – the test yesterday tested positive, so that's the way that this, this virus goes. You could uh, test negative, 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 and then positive. So, how many players do you have on your squad right now? Right now, we have eight players left. <laughs> eight players left. The way you frame it, it's just like, well, how many did you start with? We lost two. We lost two. So we have eight eight guys that are ready to go. Oh man! So th- that's got to be an emotional group text, huh? I mean. You guys were this close to coming together as a team uh, and playing playing in this tournament. That that's got to be rough. Yeah, I mean the two guys that uh, that I talked to, they were for sure disappointed. Um, looking forward to playing in the tournament. Um, absolutely had no symptoms, so they had no idea. And um, I felt I felt bad for uh, both of them because they're, they're both guys that are really good basketball players, but also good people. And I know they love playing in the tournament. So it was. It sucks, but I mean, the tournament has to do what they have to do to keep everybody safe, and that's the way it had to go. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about a podcast that should be in your rotation. This is Mike Tirico introducing you to Sports Uncovered. 
When I lose the sense of motivation and the sense of to prove something as a basketball player, it's time for me to move away from the game of basketball. Quote unquote, I'm back. I'm back. The two word facts from Michael Jordan announcing the most famous comeback in NBA history. That's the most impactful two words ever. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Sports Uncovered for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, back to the conversation. So you've played all around the world uh, as a basketball player uh, since your days at BC. How did you protect yourself against coronavirus, knowing that you wanted to do this tournament, knowing that you wanted to play basketball when it was ready? So what kind of steps did you take personally to make sure that you were able to play whenever the time came? Um, it was tough. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was tough. Uh, you know, uh, I'm part owner of a training company that I started with uh, somebody else. And, uh, you know, we, we closed down and stopped training. We have hundreds of kids. Um, so we closed that down. And uh, then we opened back up when things started to open back up in California. And I started to get into the gym, but I made sure that I stayed with, uh, with an A95 mask on um, at all times, even when I was dripping sweat, uh, trying to protect myself. And, um, you know, I stayed away from restaurants and bars. And when I went to the grocery store, I was super, super cautious with my mask and uh, sanitizing my hands. So, I mean, I did the, I did the best I, that I could. And um, that, that's, I think that's all you can do right now. When you talk to your fellow basketball players, how, does, how do those conversations go? Like, are some players more cautious than others? And how do you, what do you think is the most effective way to get them to understand the seriousness of this disease? Or the infection? Yeah, it, it was that, that. I think that was the most challenging thing. Um, you know, we have a team group chat, and uh, you know, some guys think that they just can't get it. You know, just couldn't get it. Guys wanted to play in open gyms. Guys wanted to play in local tournaments and all kind of stuff like that. You know, and I just, you know, I did my best to try to let those guys know that hey, if you do go play in this open gym two weeks prior to playing in the tournament that you can get coronavirus and they will not let you play. So, you know, some guys listen and some guys did it and that was their, their choice, but there's really nothing that I could have did uh, that would have prevented anybody from doing what they wanted to do. He's a grown man and, you know, I just tried to give my input. That's all I could do. So when you're in this bubble, you're, you're able to go, uh, down into the lobby, you said. Like, what are some of the things that you're able to do, and what are the, some of the things you're not able to do? And what's the setup there? Do you have, do you have your your team on the same hall? Like, how does it work? Yeah, so our, all of our guys are on the same hall, so we see our guys every day. Uh, the way that we're doing things with the no practice, we're not allowed to go hang out with them. So if we get caught hanging out with each other, that that could equal result of disqualification from the tournament because that's the same thing as practicing. So. We stay away from each other. Uh, we pass each other in the hallway. We say, what's up? And we keep moving. Uh, you're not allowed to talk to other teams at all. You're not allowed to, to stop and have conversations and, or hang out with other teams in their room and things like that. Um, you can't go down to the lobby. There's a little area outside that, in front of the hotel where you can go get some fresh air, but that's the only place that you can, you can go. Um, you can order food, and, they, and the, the Uber Eats uh, Postmates drop it off at the front on a table, and uh, your name's on the bag, and you pick it up and you go back to your room, and that's kind of what an everyday life is for us. 
So when we talked on Friday, you said that there was like room service or there were three meals a day that you were able to do. So like, what, what were those meals like? And have you since changed your, uh, your diet, uh, to try to go do Uber Eats <laughs> and stuff? Yeah. I, uh, when I first got here, um, I, I ate the first couple meals. Uh, I think they brought up some Chick-fil-A. They brought up some salmon and rice. Um, the next day they brought a breakfast burrito. Mm. Um, the meals are solid. So it's like, uh, you know, opening the door, see what they got. If you don't like it, you order, you order your own meal. So, they bring you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, they give you a big 24-pack of water. I think when you have that, they give you some more water. So it's, it's just you're rolling the dice. If you want to get your own food or if you want to some of their meals are better than others, but it's been pretty good so far. Wait, so when you say they give you meals, like are they dropping it off outside your room and you don't even see them? Or are they like giving – are they like <laughs> – like, are you, are, like well, how does this work? Yeah, they're uh, – well, okay. So the first couple of days we were we were quarantined to our room, so they were dropping it off outside our door and not even knocking. Just you had to open the door at a certain time, and then you see your food. But now um, that we're we're allowed to go up and down of the hotel, the food is at the end of the hallway by the elevator. So at certain times you walk down there, you grab your food, and then you go back to your room and you eat. So um, that's what it's been like so far. So you got steak, like what kind of, what kind of meals are you, what are you, what are you getting? Like, is there two, like sushi, like what kind of meals are they providing? Um, uh, yesterday I went and got a turkey sandwich sub. Um, like I said, we got Chick-fil-A before we've had chicken and rice. We've had salmon and rice. We've had breakfast burritos. We've had uh, French toast and bacon in the morning. Oh, man. Um, they're taking care of you, man. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's been, it's, it's definitely, TBT has done a great job. I, I, I can tell you that they've done a great job. Now, how do you how are you biding your time? Like you you have to sit there by yourself. Um, you're you're. I'm guessing you're not allowed to have other teammates in the room with you. Um, so it's just literally you're by yourself playing. I'm guessing S- Xbox or watching Netflix. Like, how do you pass the time? Are you reading books? Like, are you doing different? Are you picking up a guitar? Like, what what's going on in there? <laughs> I brought my Xbox. Spent a lot of time on my Xbox. Um, I'm a father of two young kids, so uh, not much sleep going on back home, so I was catching up on some sleep. <laughs> and uh, I've been watching Netflix, been watching basketball uh, the past couple of days because of the tournament, so that's been exciting. Um, and uh, doing some business stuff and, you know, trying to, trying to take advantage of my time that I do have being alone, but not not too much, not too much stuff going on in my room. <laughs> um I, I wonder when you look at other sports and what they're doing, um, I just saw news just came across. Apparently the MLS team from Dallas is no longer going to be participating in the MLS tournament in Orlando. So the FC Dallas, oh, wow. Oh, wow. according to Paul Tenario, uh, FC Dallas at the athletic, um, reporting that that team is just not going to play in the tournament. So when you read about these other bubbles, have you been just thinking about that more so because you're going to be participating in your own little bubble? Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm paying attention to it more, but I understand why uh, some of these teams are not going to be participating and why some of these players are not going to be participating. I get it now because of what's going on in the bubble. Uh, it, it, it's a tough situation. It's like it, it, it really is a tough situation. You, you do the best that you can within the bubble setting these rules. But at the end of the day, nothing is a for sure 100% safe. So um, 
I understand it. Um, I, I understood that the chances I was taking coming here, um, but I trusted TBT and I trusted uh, the safety protocols that they put, put towards this tournament, and uh, I'm just rolling with that. When you talked with your family about going to this, what were some of the things you thought about, or what was what were those conversations like? Because the NBA is looking at several months of being in this bubble um, away from family. For this tournament, it would be, what, max two weeks maybe you'd be away from family? Yeah. So it's a different, it's a different um, equation, but I'm still I, – I'm, I'm not going to discount any day you're without your family. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, put, it put a lot of pressure on my wife. Um, you know, she's, she's at home with our um, She She was prepared for it. I mean, she deals with this TBT tournament every year. You know, being gone, you're not just gone. You're not gone this many days straight, but you're you're gonna you're gonna bulk of the time because you got to think about it. We go away for a training camp for a week, then we play the first week, then come back home for a few days, go away for another four days and play. So she knows that during PPT time that things get a little hectic. So she was prepared for it, and as long as she's okay, I'm okay. So she was cool with this. I went, I went with it. Yeah, it's one of those things that um, do you have moments where you're just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I just, this is so bizarre. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I watched the first game, when I watched the first game, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close with the, with Dan Farrell and John, uh, who created this part of creating this tournament. And, um, I know how bad they wanted it. And, uh, to watch the first basketball game on TV, um, it, it was, it was huge. And for us to be a part of it, uh, this is big time. And I don't know if, people really understand how big this this really is uh in the world of like being the first sport back on tv but it, it it's a it's a really really big thing so I'm, I'm appreciative because i love basketball i'm a fan of it and to be able to play again um on national tv it, i'm appreciative of it so what can fans expect when they tune into the tournament um elam ending uh, guys who are playing like crazy, like this is a lot of effort, but what do you love most about playing in the tournament of all the things that you've done in your basketball career? Why is this so special? It's always had that, that March madness feel to it. Um, guys just leaving it all out there. Um, could be your last game that you ever play. That's the feeling that you have. Uh, playing in the tournament, and that's why I've always loved it. That's why I've always wanted to come back with our team. Um, it's really intense, and uh, you get a really high level of player that plays in the tournament now, uh, so it's good basketball. And um, Eli ending is added to that. It's expensive. It's a fun way to end games. It's different. Uh, people really seem to like it, and uh, makes for good basketball on TV. Do you like it? Uh, it's grown on me. I, I did not like it the first year, um, but it, it's it's grown on me. I think it's a cool way. It's a different way to, to end things, and it shows uh, who who's willing to take that big shot down the stretch and the guys that are not. So I think it's a cool way to end. Um, what did you think of the NBA adopting it for the All-Star game last year? I thought it was awesome, man. It, it truly was one of the – like, I don't watch all NBA All-Star games. I'll probably watch the beginning and then I'll just fall asleep or turn it off or – that's really how it's always been for me. But with this one, it, it, to see like how hard they played in the Elam and how intense it got, and just seeing those guys that didn't didn't want to take the big shot, and the guys that did want to take the big shot, it, it was it was cool to me. It was cool to me. So I I was locked in. I thought I thought it was a great thing for the NBA. 
Yeah. Um, one of the guys who's trying to win a championship this year is your former teammate, Jared Dudley. And he always gets, uh, <laughs> he always gets the, uh, well, Ben Simmons did it last year. Or he just, people always love to make fun of Jared Dudley or talk trash. Like on Twitter, like he is in many ways, the punching bag for layman NBA fans. Like if I, if I could play, if I could be, play basketball against Jared Dudley, I'd beat him one-on-one, but you've played with him. What, what has made Jared Dudley have such a long NBA career for someone who, according to the, the, the you know, Joe sports fan can't play basketball. Yeah. I mean, I, I see the same thing and I, I laugh at it because, you know, going to school with Jared for four years and watching him grow into the player that he became at BC being AC player of the year and then watching him progress in the NBA. It, it's funny, man. It's <laughs> truly, it's funny. It, he, I say it to this day because, you know, guys say it to me and I tell them, Jared is by far the smartest basketball player that I've ever played with in my life. He's always in the right spot. He knows how to adjust the situations and adjust the teams and adjust the offenses. And any, he's like a chameleon. He can fit in anywhere. And he's a winning player. He's a good teammate. And, the, and that goes a long way in the NBA. He's also a good player. You know, he's, he's older now, so he's more of a, a stretch stretch the floor guy, but um, he definitely adds to what a winning team needs. And he, he, he's always been there. And it's just funny to me with guys, with people, you know, throw jabs on my Twitter. I just laugh. He's really a good player. Yo, ACC Player of the Year, man. Like, that's, if not the best conference in, in the nation. I mean, the, the teams you beat, it's insane. And it's like, it, what was it? The uh, 2000s, what, what was the Villanova game? It was 2000. That was 2006, yeah. Yeah, 2006. So that you guys were sophomores that year? We that were was juniors. Juniors, okay. Yeah, man, like, like Jared Dudley was at the top of his you know league, uh, at times the top of the NCAA. So people forget that. Um, and especially in the ACC conference, when you're, you're going against my alma mater, Wake Forest, you guys owned us at the Joel, by the way. Um, but like CP, <laughs> like... Justin Gray, that era. I mean, who else? Who else were some of your uh, top competitors in the ACC during those years? I mean, we lost to Duke in the conference championship with JJ Redick and uh, uh, Sheldon Williams. Mm. That team, which was really, really good. Uh, we beat Carolina in the semifinals. We uh, who they have? Rayshon Terry, Ty Lawson, Tyler Hansbro. Uh, Wayne Ellington, um, Danny Green. Uh, we played Maryland the first round of that game with DJ Strawberry, um, Kennedy Beckwe. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. They, they were just great teams all around. So for Terry to be, you know, a first-team All-Conference player, uh, player of the year, uh, second-team, third-team All-American, it's, he had to do it against some really good players. Does he trash talk more than other players? Like, does he get under under people's skin when he's defending you? Oh yeah, yeah. That, he, I, I I feel like he created an identity um, when he got to college. He 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 wasn't he wasn't that trash talking guy. He was a hard nosed guy. He played hard, but he he turned himself into this villain type player, like a bad boy piston type. Trash yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He turned himself into that, and he he wanted to. So, I mean. 
I don't think he was like that when he came up, came in, but that's what he transformed into. Yeah, because I guess people just didn't respect him, and he he came out on top more often than he didn't. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers and the Bucks and all that goes down um, for for the Orlando bubble. But it's fascinating to see what Sean you're going through now with TBT um, and Columbus and the sort of protocols that they're doing. And I really hope that everyone takes this disease seriously and just just hear it from Sean that a couple players on his roster have have gotten it in the past few weeks. Um, even with all the you know the news swirling around and the and the talk about um, you know masks and all this, like still it, it, people don't see, seem to think that they can get it, but it's very real. And you're seeing teams having to drop out in these tournaments. Um, what would be your single piece of advice for people who are trying to compete in these, in these tournaments, um, that you've learned living in these sort of circumstances? Um, uh, the the one thing that I could say to those people or people in life in in general is to wear a mask. Um, it, it prevents a lot. If we all just wear a mask, then the virus can't spread. If you have it, it, it can't spread. So uh, if you're preparing to go to a tournament, if you're preparing to go to a bubble, just wear a mask. Wear a mask, and everybody in the world wear, wear a mask, and we will, we will literally stop, lower the percentage of this COVID being transmitted from pe- person to person. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And then when you're in the bubble, I mean, everybody's different. Some people like to be on their own, and this will be terrible for some people. Uh, but you know, just be appreciative that you're having this opportunity to play uh, the sport that you love in your bubble and uh, move on from there. Sean, big thank you from uh, from the Haberstroh family for doing this. Um, means a lot to be a part of uh, the ALS fight with you. Um, thank you for doing it. And also thank you for taking the time to, to shed light on what life is like in the TBT bubble and sort of protocols you're taking. And um, best of luck the rest of the way, uh, not just with your health, but also in your performance. Uh, Best of luck, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, let your mom know that we're playing for her and uh, we're going to continue to to do our best to try to win this tournament. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Sean. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of The Haber Show. I want to give a special, big special shout out to Sean Marshall, uh, not just for um, coming on the podcast, but everything that he has done for the ALS fight. Um, if you want to learn more about ALS um, research, how you be, can become an advocate, go follow I am ALS on Twitter or the hashtag ALS pepper challenge, something I started for my mom who's battling the disease uh, a few years ago. Uh, if you want to see Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal eat a hot pepper on live TV, go check out the ALS pepper challenge. Um, anyway, big shout out to Sean Marshall. You can follow him on Twitter at 007 Sean Marshall. That's S-E-A-N-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. Best of luck to them. And if you haven't listened to previous episodes, go check that out now. We have an interview with Steve Forbes, the coach of the Wake Forest basketball team, who just took over uh, for that program and tells lots of great stories about Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors. Um, Also, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Nate Duncan about the science of coronavirus, uh, really interesting stuff. Go recommend that. 
And uh, everyone else, please stay safe out there. Um, we are going to try to get basketball back in this country, and it's going to take a whole lot of help from a lot of smart people to get this message across that we need to take this seriously. And hopefully these episodes will, uh, will lead people to wear a mask, practice social distancing, washing their hands, and just being smart about this thing. Um, the whole country, the whole world depends on everyone just taking this seriously. All right, until next time on The Haber Show.